many of us had this feeling uh, that, that this year was going to be different, that 2020 was going to be somehow different. Um, but I don't think that many of us expected it would be like this. This is the wrong sort of different, isn't it? Uh, I, didn't, I don't think anybody really expected that uh, in 2020 we would be unable to leave our homes or our neighbourhoods that would be under lockdown. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like we can't, it's Good Friday and we, we, can't even, we can't even go to church. We can't even gather at a church. And Easter Sunday, the same thing. We can't gather in a church. And these are really like pivotal days in the Christian calendar. But the amazing thing is that um, because of what Jesus did on Good Friday 2,000 years ago, it means that we don't, have to, we don't have to go to a church building. We don't have to go to a cathedral. We don't have to go to a temple to meet with God. We can meet with God wherever we are, even in our isolation bubbles. We can meet with God, the, the creator of, of the cosmos the supreme being of the universe. We can meet with him even in our own homes. And that's, a, that's just a phenomenal thought. But we've got to back up, back up a bit. Hey, we need to back up the story. What, what happened on Good Friday? It actually has nothing to do with Easter bunnies. Um, it has nothing to do with hot cross buns. Even if you can smell our hot cross buns cooking, it has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with days off work, I'm sorry to say. It has nothing even to do with uh, chocolate eggs. But it completely centers on this man, Jesus Christ, who we've been, we've been already singing about and we've already been speaking to in prayer this morning. Roughly 2,000 years ago, this Jewish man in the Middle East in, in a country called Israel, he spent a few years doing just incredible, incredible things. It rolls off the tongue sometimes, but he, he would go around, he would heal the sick. Uh, he would heal disabled people. He would restore sight to blind people. He set um, people free from demons. He knew people's thoughts. He knew people's history without them uh, even telling him anything. He spoke to storms and they stopped. He, he even spoke to dead people and they came to life again. He changed lives. Wherever he went, um, he changed lives. He healed the brokenness of, of everybody, uh, men, women, children, uh, outsiders, insiders, everybody that came to him and, and asked him. He, he welcomed them and he restored them. He did amazing things. Those, the things that he did were mind-blowing, and the things that he said also were mind-blowing. The, the things that he said were so controversial. Um, and what he said and what he did it just divided people. They either heard him and saw what he was doing and, and heard the things that he said, and they believed him, um, or they completely rejected him. So what did he say that was so controversial? One of the biggies was that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, and he claimed to be equal with God. Like, can you imagine if somebody turned up today um, out in your street, I guess, because you're in your isolation bubble, they're walking up your street and they were claiming to be the Son of God. They were claiming to be God. 
You'd probably lock the doors. You'd probably say that person out there, they're seriously uh, mentally unwell. Um, you might get on the phone to 111, um, trying to get them locked up. But what if that person uh, was then backing up their claims by doing things that only a supernatural being could do? Like, like healing sickness, like knowing people's thoughts, or uh, calming storms, or raising people from the dead. What would you think then? Like I said before, the people of Jesus' day, they either believed him, that he was the son of God, or they didn't believe him, and they actually thought that he was dangerous. Some of them said that he was demon-possessed, and some of them said that he was insane. There's the story written of Jesus um, in the book of John in the Bible, and, and it talks about how it, it was winter time, and he was hanging out in the temple in Jerusalem. Some people in the temple, they were questioning him about his authority. They were saying, like, who do you think you are? They actually asked him if he was the Christ. And, and I, just want to, I just want to remind you uh, that Christ is not Jesus' surname. It's not like my surname's Beatty, James Beatty. It's, um, Christ is a title. It means Messiah. It refers to this person who the Jewish people were expecting to come and save them. A Messiah was going to come and save them. Um, Tess is going to read us the story uh, from the book of John. So it's in chapter 10, verse 24. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plain, plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It is not for the good works that, you are, that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Yeah, quite a, cra quite a crazy story, isn't it? Uh, here's Jesus, and he's doing, he's doing good things. And, and the people in the temple were um, seeing those good things, um, but they were picking up these stones to stone him. Like that means that they were going to try to kill him with stones, like by, by hurling stones at him. And they said that it was because, because you being a man make yourself God. They didn't, they didn't believe him. When he made out uh, that he was God, that's blasphemy, and it's a ser it was a serious offense to the Jewish people. It's so serious that the punishment was death. And it's the same for quite a few religions today. So coming back to Good Friday. Good Friday was, was this day that things had escalated to a point of unresolvable tension. Jesus' followers believed that he was the Son of God, but the leaders of the day... Uh, they believed that he was dangerous, and so the only option for them was to put an end to things by putting an end to Jesus. It's, it's just a remarkable story. 2,000 years ago, Jesus uh, was 
was praying in the middle of the night in this garden called the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. And, and while he was praying, all these guards come out and they arrest him. They take him in to the, the, to the city of Jerusalem. Remember, this is the middle of the night. And they put him on this, um, on this parody of a trial before the high priest and the council. And these guys, I mean, it, was, it wasn't really a trial. They were just accusing him and there was no, there was no sort of defense or anything. And so they found him guilty of blasphemy uh, and the punishment was death. So after this illegal trial, um, they needed to find a way to legally execute Jesus. So first thing in the morning, they carted Jesus off to uh, Pilate. Pilate was the, um, the Roman governor of the area. And, uh, and then they had to take him to Herod. Herod was a kind of a parrot king, a puppet king, I mean, in, in the area. And before being taken back to Pilate, uh, who, who again, like he, he just wanted to resolve the tension and, and so decided that, yeah, uh, Jesus was going to be executed. They mocked Jesus. He was stripped. He was beaten up and he was tortured. And then the, then the Romans took Jesus outside the city walls and they crucified him. And they thought that they'd put an end to Jesus. Quite a few years ago, 2004, Mel Gibson, he, he tried to, um, well, he directed this really graphic movie called The Passion of the Christ, where he was trying to show, attempting to show the, just the horrific brutality, violence, evil that happened on Good Friday. Like, it's quite an old movie now, but even now, it, when, I, when I see it, it's just, it's just, unbelievable how how horrible it was and that's just that's just a movie depiction jesus christ jesus the messiah was literally broken in front of everyone that day and yet today all over the world christians like us we remember this as being a good day why what was going on that made a horrific and disturbing event good? Why would we have this, this cross um, behind us? Like it's an instrument of torture, an instrument of death. How is it possible that the execution of a man who did good things came to be seen as good? Why is Good Friday in, in this time of Easter, why are they pivotal days in the Christian calendar? Again, I think we need some background. And there's, and there's one concept, there's one, there's one concept that can help us understand, and it's, and it's the temple, the temple. Most people have some, some kind of idea of what the temple is, what kind of, you know, what a, what a temple functions as, like, like what kind of things are, are coming to mind for you about, about a temple or what, what a temple is for? My, some of my thoughts are a temple, a temple is a place where God dwells. Or a, peop, a temple is a place where people can be near and maybe even meet with God. A temple is a place where people would go to worship God. A, a temple is a place where people would make sacrifices to God. A temple is a place to, to pray. That's it's a holy or a special place. One way to think about temple is that it's a place where heaven and earth meet. 
the, the Jewish people had a temple, and it was in the city of Jerusalem. It's got an interesting history. Um, the first temple was built about 3,000 years ago by King Solomon. And then about 400 years after it was built, uh, Nebuchadnezzar II rolled into town and he destroyed the temple, the first temple. So um, 70 years later, another temple was built, the second temple. And that temple survived just over 500 years. That's a pretty long time. The temple, the temple of the Jews was, was really carefully designed uh, around the focal point called the Holy of Holies. It was, it was like the sacred heart of the temple. And it was special because that's where God's presence dwelled. And that is a crazy idea that, that the supreme being of the universe, the one that created all things, who created the entire cosmos, would choose to somehow dwell in a, in a room, in a temple built by people. Why would God do that? Why would God make himself accessible to people? It's because of relationship. God wants relationship with people. Right at the very beginning of the Bible, we read about the Garden of Eden, and, and the Garden of Eden was a, a, it's a picture of a, of, of a perfect reality. Uh, in, the, in these early humans, Adam and Eve, uh, they walked and they talked with God in the garden. Just hanging out with the creator of the universe, as you do. But it all went to custard. And the story goes that evil, suffering, uh, brokenness, sin and death entered the world when, when these first humans uh, tried to take God's place. And when, when they did this, they severed that, that perfect relationship that people had with God. And yet God still wanted relationship with people. That's why, that's why he created us, is because he, he wants relationship with us. It just as deep down, uh, people need relationship with God. The problem is that God, well, it's not problem is the wrong word, um, but that's all that's coming to mind right now, is that the, the difficulty, I suppose, is that God is, is holy. God is perfect. Um, one description is that God dwells in unapproachable light. And we, on the other hand, we're, we're broken. Just, you know, like you think about the world at large, you, um, about the brokenness that we see in our world, and then um, maybe even like reflect on, on yourself. Um, a more religious term for it is that we're, we're sinful. We're imperfect, we're unholy. And I don't want this to sound like um, that I think that humans are stink. <laughs> I don't think that. I reckon we've got a lot of good aspects. I reckon we do a lot of good stuff. We do a lot of good. We do a lot of beautiful things. But it's, but it's just simply not enough. When, say if the queen, if the queen was going to come, come to town, maybe the queen was going to come to your house, um, I'm sure that you'd, you'd make yourself clean. You'd probably go have a shower. Uh, you'd put on your best clothes. You'd uh, make your hair nice. Um, you'd have a shave, if you're the shaving type. Um, and even then, like even doing all these things, the queen comes to your house and you'd probably still be a little bit unsure of yourself, going, am I, am I actually good enough? 
Um, what if what if I'm doing something wrong in her presence? Now God, He's infinitely greater than the Queen, and and He knows He's there's this word omniscient. He knows everything. He knows what's going on underneath our good deeds. And so, how can we possibly be good enough to be in the presence of God? This is where uh, the temple and all the complicated systems of the temple where this is what they're intended to um, be able to navigate. They were designed to enable people to be able to come into the presence of a holy God. In fact, only one person was allowed to do it. Uh, and it was the high priest once, once a year. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry, my computer went to sleep. Uh, mate, uh, and everything was going so well in my in the in the live stream. So where was I? Uh, right back at the start, eh? No, well, who was that? I was talking about how the only one person, that the high priest, was allowed to enter the holy of holies, this place, the dwelling place of God. Um. And he, the high priest, he was only allowed to go in there once a year and he was only allowed to enter the Holy of Holies after going through a whole lot of uh, ritual cleansing and sacrifices and wearing fancy robes. The story goes that the high priest, when he entered the Holy of Holies once a year, he'd have this rope attached to his legs just in case he dropped dead in the presence of God. And no one else wanted to, to take the risk of going into this place and so they drag his carcass out. Um, yeah, carcass. Yeah, drag his dead body is probably a nicer way of saying it. Drag his dead body out of the Holy of Holies. It was a dangerous place. The dwelling place of God was a dangerous place to be. And, and there was this beautifully crafted curtain separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. Just a curtain. Not a wall. Not even a door. Just a curtain. But it still uh, was separation. It still represented the separation of humans uh, from God, it still rep it represented our brokenness. That uh, meant that uh, we couldn't come into the presence of God. And this is why Good Friday is good. Enter Jesus. Like I said, Jesus made a whole lot of controversial and mind-blowing statements. He even talked about himself being the temple. In one story, he's actually in the temple in Jerusalem, this temple that had been around for hundreds of years, and again, his authority was being questioned. And the Jewish people, they were asking for a sign, like saying, just prove to yourself, Jesus, prove to yourself that you're from God. And Jesus replies, he goes, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews then said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Now, I, I've already talked about some of the ancient history of the temple and how it represented uh, God's dwelling place, um, heaven on earth. But here Jesus is saying that his own body uh, is the temple. When he was on trial before the high priest and the council, they accused him with these words. They said, 
They said, this man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Well, that's not quite what Jesus said, is it? But it actually comes pretty close. And it absolutely infuriated the high priest and it infuriated the, the council because they all liked the temple. If you think about it, it was their livelihood. It was what gave them authority. It, it, like, it gave them mana, as well as being the center of their traditions and of their worship of God. But what Jesus meant was actually nothing to do uh, with, with that temple. It was actually something to do with himself, about his own body being destroyed and broken, um, and his own body being the temple. Somehow his own body being the, the God's dwelling place on earth. And that his own body, the temple, would be destroyed. But he said in three days he would raise it up. And that's exactly what happened. On Good Friday, Jesus was executed. And then on the third day, Jesus was resurrected. In the book of Matthew, there's an account of Jesus' execution when he was uh, crucified on a wooden cross by the Romans. It says that at noon, at midday, there was darkness over the land. And then at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, Jesus Christ cried out and yielded his spirit. And reading from Matthew 27, it says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this is the Son of God. Man, just drama. All these dramatic things. At lunchtime, it all went dark. Darkness over the land. And then there was an earthquake. And then people rising from the dead and going into the city of Jerusalem. It would have been a bit freaky for people. They probably thought it was the end of the world, and it was in a way. And then there was that first, that first line that I read. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from, from top to bottom. This is the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from, uh, from the rest of the temple. The whole, this curtain separated the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place of God, from people. It was massive. Uh, it's thought that it was um, almost, maybe up to 20 meters in height, which, as I said last Sunday, is the depth of Wellington Harbour, 20 meters, and possibly about 10 centimeters thick. This thing was, this was a chunky curtain, right? And when Jesus died, supernaturally, this temple was just ripped from top to bottom. When Jesus breathed his last, when his body was destroyed um, on the cross, this massive curtain was torn in two, representing, demonstrating, showing uh, that the temple system was over. It was done. The Holy of Holies was no longer God's dwelling place on earth. And this is why Good Friday is good. This is why 2,000 years later, we, we still do this kind of thing. We still uh, worship God. We still um, reflect on Jesus' death as being a good thing. 
It's because when Jesus died, he became the way to God the Father. His torn and broken body became the new and eternal way that all of us can enter into the presence of God and, and to be in relationship with God, to become friends with God, to become the children of God, to be restored by God, to have our deep, our deep brokenness healed by God, to be forgiven of our sins, to be washed clean. All of this so that we can actually be in the presence of God. Hmm. So that we can be in the presence of a holy God who loves us so much. The Bible says that he gave his only son for us. So that we can be reconciled to God, our creator. To be able to walk and talk with him. Uh, just like the original humans did in the beginning of time. That's mind-blowing stuff, isn't it? That's crazy. <laughs> It's incredibly good news to people that believe it, to those who believe that Jesus was indeed the Son of God, because just like his contemporaries, the people of the day, we get to choose. Was, was Jesus the Son of God? Was he speaking the truth? Or was he mad? Was he deluded? Was he mentally unwell? Like, just like the people of the day, we, we choose. Do we receive him or do we uh, reject him? The writers of the Bible, they made, they made it really plain. They said things like, All who receive Jesus and believe in who he is, we are given the right to be children of God. Uh, or put it a different way, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from, from the dead, then, then you will be saved. And Jesus himself said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just like that curtain in the temple was the way for the high priest to go into the, into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, uh, Jesus becomes the new way. Jesus becomes the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Good Friday is good because on this day 2,000 years ago, in his death, Jesus provided the way to the Father. He provided the only way, the only way to God. Good Friday is also good because on Sunday we remember that Jesus was resurrected. He demonstrated his absolute victory over death. In the end, it's actually pretty simple. Jesus wants to be our Jesus wants to be our friend. God wants to be our friend. There's a, a famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So what do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon that Jesus is the Lord? Do you receive him as the only way to God? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? I hope you do. Man, I hope you do. And this is like coming right back to the start. Every one of us can meet with God, even in, even in our isolation bubbles, even in, in these lockdown conditions. 
We don't need to go to a church building. We don't need to go to a cathedral. We don't need to go to a temple. Uh, we don't need to jump through hoops. It's simply coming to Jesus and receiving him and what he did. Ah, it's so good. <laughs> I've got to tell you, it's so good. <laughs> I'm so grateful for, for Jesus and what he's done. Um, so all of you guys and girls, uh, all of the, the CV Fano uh, and everybody that's joining in today, um, I hope you have a really blessed day. Um, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming into our house in Korokoro. Um Yeah, uh, over the next couple of days, just um, let your mind let your minds keep coming back to Jesus and and how good He is to us, and that He's always with us. On Sunday, we'll meet again and we'll celebrate His resurrection. But um, let's pray, eh? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what you did 2,000 years ago was mind-blowing. Uh, today we, we pause to, to reflect on what you did, the enormity of what you did, the magnitude of what you did uh, for us to be able to be our friends so that we could become good, really good mates with you, <laughs> so that we could become friends of God and, and God becomes friends of people. Thank you, Jesus, that you be, you are the are the new way, the truth, and the life to God. Lord, um, I pray that you'd bless bless us today. You bless, uh, yeah, all of us, Lord, um, our families, uh, all of the different all of the different ones that are that are joining into this live stream across Wellington, across New Zealand, across Aotearoa. Uh, and, and across uh, across the across the world, Lord, I, I pray that you'd bless us. Again, we 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 pray for your intervention uh, in the pandemic. We pray for your hand um, to be uh, to hold back the disease, Lord. I pray for salvation for our country from from the disease. Pray for all uh, countries that are getting uh, really smashed by COVID nineteen, um, and I pray that you'd hold. Hold back the disease. Stop it in its tracks, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for your goodness to us. And we, we want to honor you today, our King. Amen. <laughs>